This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome into the A-List podcast brought to you by Indeed.com and FanDuel. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by Ashra Blakely and Gary Washburn. Guys, can you believe we're only two games away from the end of the regular season? Three words for you, Kwani. Three words for you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready for this regular season to be over with. Let's get to the games that matter, which is the playoffs. Uh, I'm ready. I am ready. I, I don't know if the Celtics are, but I'm ready. <laughs> Gary, have you processed yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's here. I'm not really, you know, like, I can't it's wait. It's a <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, let's see what happens. And I think it'll be interesting what – you know, so we don't even know who they're gonna play yet. So that'll be interesting. So I'm I'm looking forward to the weekend. As you should and not be. the group. <laughs> the, oh, no, not wow. the group. Yikes. Anyway, so let's talk about their last game, the last three of their games this season. Two are against the Toronto Raptors. They just beat the Raptors in this last game. They secure the number one seed in the East. Malcolm Brockton drops 29, Jalen Brown with 25. There's no Tatum, no Smart, no Horford. What do you two make of that win? And what do you think they need to do to make sure that they're obviously secured the seed? But at this point, what do they need to do to beat the Raptors once again? We don't care. Oh, now y'all don't care. I'm saying this is the, the to me, the, the victory against Toronto is everyone that you play gets out of the game injury free. Uh, that at this point, when you lock up the number two seed the way they have, wins at this point aren't going to matter because a lot of the guys that you play aren't necessarily guys that you're going to be counting on when the playoffs arrive. You, to me, at this point, you are trying to just get a look at different player combinations and look at some of those guys on your bench and see who might be able to maybe sneak their way into that eighth, ninth, maybe rotation spot. Uh, I'm The guy that I'm really you know looking forward to, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but there, there's, there's certain guys that this these last couple of games are going to, I think, really give us a sense of whether they're going to be regular playoff rotation guys and whether they're going to be doing the ML Clark thing and just waving that towel on the sideline for most of the night. Uh, but it's a, it's a good it's a good opportunity for some of those guys on the bench to really get some major minutes and just make a case as to whether they should be uh, in that regular rotation or, again, are they going to be submitted most of the time in the playoffs on the bench? So it sounds like you're saying these last two, three games can be a load management situation. Absolutely. Especially now that you, now that there's no incentive to win because win mm-hmm. or lose, you ain't going nowhere in terms of your playoff season. So for, for the Celtics, it, it really is about load managing all your guys, but specifically your core guys. Uh, and the flip side of that load management is you get a chance to look at some of your, your bench guys and see, you know, who's maybe closer to being ready to help you in the playoffs than others. Yeah. I paused just so Gary could be back, but you're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I don't think – yeah, the last two games are meaningless besides for the two teams they're playing with Toronto and Atlanta. I mean, Toronto is a small chance that they can get up to the eighth seed, um, but they're likely going to host Chicago in the, uh, the playing game. Atlanta is going to be trying to get to the seventh seed uh, to try to host that playing game, potentially against Miami. So there's something to, to play for for the other two teams that they're playing. But I also think you got to get guys some rest. It sounds like, considering the injury report, that tomorrow they're going to play Brown and Tatum. We're not listening to the injury report. They'll probably give 
logged in a day off. Um, Smart was really hurt. He had trouble even putting on his um his his shirt and his jacket, his pullover sweater on against the Sixers. He needed help. So Smart's injury is real. Um, the neck injury, and uh, I think they're just going to rest guys. They'll probably split games. I think the, with the integrity of the game, I think if there's some stuff at stake, I don't think Joe's going to start like you know J.D. Davidson, Muscala, Sam Hauser. And and Peyton Pritchard, I think he'll throw a competitive lineup out there. Now he's not going to play those guys forty five minutes, but I do think he'll, for the integrity of the game, give his best effort in terms of filling a solid lineup, especially that finale against Atlanta if it has meaning. But obviously the Celtics. I mean, I asked him this week, "Hey Joe, if it's meaningful for other teams, what is your approach?" He goes, well, "I want to win." So he's going to try to win the games, you know. Um, so, but I do think they're going to keep guys sharp because remember, they're going to have like a week off. So you you want, you don't want guys not playing for 10 or 12 days or whatever. So you want to get Tatum in there. Um, and I think, you know, they like the ball. So I think, you know, is a, is a good 50, try to go for 57 wins. It's not, not a landmark number, but. I do think that they'll play hard. They'll do their best, but they're not going, nobody's playing 40 minutes out there. They're going to, they're going to, you know, go deep into the bench. And Gary, we might see one of your favorite players, Fiondu Cavangeli. Hey, finally you said it right. <laughs> yeah, you finally said it right. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, I think there's intrigue with him, J.D. Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it'd be good to see those guys get some extensive minutes and get Peyton. Peyton hasn't played. He's questionable now. He kind of came back from the heel injury and then played and then all of a sudden was hurt again. So I don't know if he re-aggravated, but he's questionable like for Friday. So it should be a, it, it, you know, like Missoula's got some interesting decisions to make. But as you said, Sherrod, the number one thing is keep everybody healthy. Um, you know, put everything on bubble, put keep these guys on bubble wrap, especially Robert Williams. You know, play him 20 minutes in one of those games, give him a rest the other game, and you know, take your chances. So that being said, kind of off the court, but obviously still relevant to the Celtics. We've been talking about him all month at this point because one he's been playing very well but then there are the articles that came out and the speculation of whether or not he's going to remain a Celtic and of course the Celtics named him the 2023 Red Auerbach winner which the award basically honors a player that they think embodies the Red Auerbach motto and the Celtics motto and tradition so what do you two think about him winning the award and what kind of message do you think they're trying to send? I just love the timing of it. I mean, all these stories come about how Jalen Brown ain't getting no love from Boston, and then he gets the Red Auerbach Award. Mm, that's nice. Um, good timing there. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the Jalen Brown statue. I mean, what, that's that's what I'm waiting for. And then the renaming of the Red Auerbach Award, the Jalen Brown Award. Then that maybe that'll be enough love for him to feel, feel love. But no, all kidding aside, Jalen Brown, uh, he is uh, he's just a hell of a player. Uh, and all he's looking to do is do what's best for him in his future. And, uh, you know, he's deserving of that award. 
Uh, he's, a, he's deserving of a lot of the praise that he's getting because he's doing it the right way. He keeps his head down, gets better year after year, and he can go out there and get you 25 and 10, and that's like a normal night for him. There aren't a lot of players in the NBA who can go out and get you 25 points, and that's just kind of what they do. It's not a big deal. He's at that level as a player now. Uh, and, and again, he keeps his nose clean. You don't, you don't see him beating up kids uh, at, at a basketball court at his mansion. Or, you know, you know, uh, I shouldn't have took that shot at Ja, but I did anyway. I, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I'm not. I, I did. I, <laughs> I'm not taking it back. Uh, but but the, the point is, Jalen Brown has been able to do things the right way, keep his nose clean, not get in trouble, and play at an incredibly high level. And those are the things that when you talk about being a Celtic, those are the things that you obviously want to have your best players do, and he does it at a high level. Um, I mean, I do think it's kind of a note to Jalen to let him know that he does mean a lot. I don't know how effective it is. Jalen's being real close to the cup with his opinion, sorry, with his, his uh, emotions at this point. Uh, but I do think, I mean, you know, he does play hard. He plays in all the games he can. I mean, you can't give it to Tatum every year. I think they've given one to Smart over the years. Robert Williams. Yeah. So Your boy I, Kyrie Irving got one too. Yeah. He did. Wow. Maybe after the 2018. First wow. So that's a good note. I'm gonna just let you know right now. Malcolm Brogdon's gonna get it in 2024. Yeah. So I, I, think, I absolutely see that. I think it's um a situation where. I mean, he probably is deserving. He's the second longest ten tenured Celtic. So, yeah. Do I think it's a message to uh, him like, hey, we do appreciate you, you know, uh, but we'll see whether it's effective. We'll also see, you know, hey, what happens when he's all NBA and, you know, he gets offered the, the max? Uh, does he take it? Does he want to be in Boston? You know, I think he, but it's his fault to leave that up for the speculation and, and make the comments that he made. So it's understandable that people are wondering about that. But to me, um, I think he's fine. I don't think he's miserable. I don't think he's, you know, get me out of here. People can speculate. But as I said, I think Jalen keeps his feelings in terms of how he feels real close to the cuff. Um, will it be better somewhere else? You know, all, now all of a sudden, oh, Atlanta's going to go after him free. Houston's going to make plenty. Like, you know, here comes all these teams now that are suddenly coming to the surface to, to, to make offers. But I think he understands he likes to win. Winnings in Boston, they have a great team, good teammates, um, guys he really admires and appreciates. So I think this is kind of being overblown. Um because, as I've said before, what do you want him to do? You want him to say, like, Kyrie, oh, I'll, ha I'll be back if you have me. You want have me. Then everybody <laughs> will be – then if he goes against it or something happens, he changes his mind, then, he's a, then he gets labeled a turncoat. So, to me, play close to the cuff. Let's see what happens when negotiations are uh, going for a new contract and that supermax, and, and then we'll go from there. Because – the thing is now with the new CBA that, you know, it makes it easier to have two supermax players because we all know Tatum's getting supermaxed mm -hmm. in two years because Tatum's right after Brown. So Celtics going to have to fork out some money, though. We, we know that. The Celtics going to have to open up that wallet because 
uh, let's be honest, like two Supermax guys in their prime, then you're going to have to pay, you know, you have to figure out who else on the roster. If there's a young player, we're going to do a Robert Williams, Marcus, you know, the rest of the guys in a couple of years. But, you know, that's then. This is now. This is childish and petty speculation. But if the article hadn't come out, despite the fact that Jalen has still had a phenomenal year, do you two think he would have gotten the award? You go first, Gary. Probably because he hasn't won it yet. It's not like he's a back-to-back winner or he's missed 50 games and then you're giving him this award. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's done everything he's supposed to do, right? I mean, he's the second best player in the team. Some people argue the best in terms of his overall production. Uh, and t- Tatum won this, right? Is Tatum won this yeah, one? Yeah, 2020 and 20. I looked it up actually because. Yeah, he won. Okay. Yeah, so- he won it though. So if Jalen ain't won it, 2020, wasn't it about time that he win it? Like to me, you know, I'm I mean, surprised it took this long. Yeah. Like, so, you know, but let's be honest. Has Jalen ever been about awards? Like, I mean, I asked Jalen, you know, like um, a couple weeks ago about all-star weekend when he appeared on stage with Dr. J and Kareem and he didn't seem phased. Like it wasn't like he was, you know, smiling. Oh my God. Like, and that was nothing to do with the Celtics. That was just like, they were, they were memorializing Bill Russell. They were telling, you know, and there's Jalen on the stage at the, uh, uh, legends brunch, uh, the day, the day of the all-star game, the morning of the all-star game. And he's, I mean, he did not seem phased. That's his persona though. He's pretty. Yeah. It's hard to tell what what excites him. him. And I just think, what, is, what excites Jalen? Do we know? Winning. We know Jason. Jason's a dad. Jason's justice like, Justice for you know, black people. Huh? I said justice for black people. Yes, exactly. Jason, Jason, we know. Being I a dad, I, yeah. you know, uh, playing golf, being with his son, uh, obviously the commercials he's on. JT, JT Jordan ones. Huh? Yeah, like, Jason is pretty open guy. Jalen, we don't know what makes him happy. And I think that's the way he wants it. And that's fine to me. So it's hard to, like, I just think all these speculations are kind of ridiculous because we don't really know what he's thinking. People are just trying to so hard to read. Got people that have not been around him, do not know him. Don't, you know, it's like trying to read all everything and figure it out. And to me, it's, he's hard to read. We do not know what makes him happy. Do we know what city he'd want to play in? Do y'all know what's the best LA, New York, Atlanta? Does he want has he ever clamored to go home? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like Jason, as I said before, if they had an expansion team in St. Louis, Jason would want to play for the Yeah. Jason would want to play for the St. Louis whatever's, right? The St. Louis, uh, you know, I don't know. The basketball Cardinals, right? He would want to play and go home. Do we know Jalen about that in Atlanta? Do we? I mean, we really don't know. Jalen, well, in his defense, the fact the fact that there is a team and they just barely made it into the play-in, I, I don't know if that's just the number one target. Yeah. So, player, so yeah. <laughs> I I, I kind of wish people would stop trying to read Jalen. And because the dude, even with people that are close to him or people like us that cover him, he is not an open guy where this, you know, what makes him happy. Some guys 
they tell you what makes them happy. Jalen, I think he's got the world on his shoulders and he's trying to change things. So his he is so locked in and focused on, okay, what's next? What do what do I need to do next? So I think that there is just too much speculation going on right now. I think that's very telling. He's strategic, like you said, in the way that he talks about basketball and really, like you said, not giving too much away. But his off-the-court endeavors, he's very passionate about those and is very vocal. But maybe that is the strategy of keeping it close as much as possible. Remember, at the beginning of his career, he didn't even have an agent because he was just very to himself when it came to what he wanted basketball-wise. So I think that probably is a part of the plan as I speculate more. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, you do realize you're doing exactly what you said. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Jalen's in a great spot. I mean, he, I, I think he understands that. But Jalen under, also understands that just because your situation is great doesn't mean it's always going to be great. And so rather than lock yourself in with some statements that you make in 2023, when what you say really in the grand scheme of things does not mean squat. Uh, we know that firsthand from Kyrie. You try to keep it open. You try to keep a certain amount of flexibility uh, with with your words and your actions and your deeds so that you don't get jammed up to where people are looking at you like, damn, I thought you loved us. I thought you wanted to be here. Remember back in 23 when you said that, 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 that? He ain't trying to hear that. Jalen, be smarter than that. He doesn't need that, that nonsense. And so he's going to keep doing what he is doing. Let everyone talk around him. He'll answer our questions, and he'll go out there and get you 25, uh, six and three or four dimes. That's what he does now. And, and that's, if, if you are uh, looking at the way to handle the, the nonstop noise of the NBA, Jalen is giving you a master class on how to do that. Uh, you just simply go out there, do what you're supposed to do, and answer the questions and keep moving. Don't get, don't get bogged down with you know, details. Even when people ask you questions that are just asinine and silly and just downright just bad questions, deal with them foolish questions and keep it moving. Grand Slams, no-hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official partner of Major League Baseball. And new customers in mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports, from the money line to point spreads and player props and much, much more. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com Boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, you must be 21 or over and present in Massachusetts to take part in this deal. Your first initial wager must be made with real money. $10 initial deposit required. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hope and help is here. If you have a gambling problem, check out gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, back to basketball. <laughs> the Celtics are obviously, like we said, locked in on that number two seed. What is your, who is your safe bet in the play? to play in the last two games, because as we know, a lot of people are going to be managing their loads. <laughs> no question. 
<laughs> Gary's My managing their loads. Okay. Load management. I just <laughs> swapped the words. <laughs> See, I was going to let it go, Kwani. I was going to let you go. Exactly. Gary's not, not going to let it go. Gary's going to go go to the gutter with that one. I see. It be like that sometimes. It, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. Like J. Cole said, Mama says it'd be some days like this. Go days ahead, like this. Answer that question, Sharad. Right. <laughs> How much for the ball? Who's going to manage their loads? Listen, the, the, the safe bet to play is Grant Williams. I, I think he's he is the one guy who, li- who truly has something to prove in these last couple of games. Because right now, I'm not I'm not sold on Grant having a definitive spot in their player rotation. I, I can easily see him, depending on who they play, not posting some uh, you know DMP CDs in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think he's the one guy that really has to. He's going to get an opportunity, I believe to solidify or at least make it more solid, his role in, in this team's rotation. Because Grant, I, I've said this repeatedly, and I'm going to keep saying it, Grant's going to win them a playoff game. Uh, he's going to play well enough to where when you look, when you start to dissect all the factors that went into success and went into winning a particular playoff game, Grant's play is going to stand out at least one night in the postseason. So for me, Grant Williams is, is my safe bet to, to play, uh, and I think play well in these last couple of games. Yeah, I think uh, the player, I think, you know, you want to get some good performances or, you know, just a a solid performance in one of the two games out of Al Horford and Robert Williams, just keep them sharp and fresh. Uh, I'd like to see more out of Sam Hauser. I thought that he got an opportunity to start, and I think defensively he was actually very good. Yeah, Three steals um, against the Raptors was a, but missed a lot of open looks. Like that was a, that was the house that we saw in like January. Like he's, I mean, I don't know what his role would be like in the playoffs. You know, there are some people, oh, well, he he won't play. He'll, he'll be, but I think he could be an asset with his ability to hit open shots, but he's got to hit open shots. And I think he was one for seven uh, against the Raptors and he missed a lot of open looks. And I'd like to see Sam have a breakout, a nice, confident breakout game where he, you know, is hitting three, four threes. You know, um, yeah, he was one for eight against the Raptors. Uh, three points. He was a plus 11, you know. Uh, sorry, he's listed with two steals. I thought he had three, two steals. Um, and so he played solid defense, five, six rebounds, four assists. So, you know, in a block shot. So he had a solid game other than shooting. And my whole thing is I need to see more from Sam to get. And then um, Mike Muscala, I want to see him break. He had a kind of a breakout game. He's been not very good since he's been with the Celtics, missing a lot of shots. Uh, I'd like to see him also have another good game, three three three-pointers against the Raptors. You know, so I'd like to see those two guys break out. And for me, that's all I, I think that's all they need. I think Grant's going to be Grant. You know, Grant's got, I think he's less than 50% from the free throw line um, since the two misses against Cleveland. So I think he's got the yips a little bit there. He missed his two attempts last night. He was one for five. He had two points in 18 minutes. Like, so Sherrod is right. I'd like to see more out of Grant. Um, But other than that, I just need to see guys get rest. 
Uh, I, I want us just, I want everyone in the last, have a good 20, 25 minute stretch, then take it and give it, give it a rest. And we'll see what happens, whether that last game against um, Atlanta means something. And it's interesting, ESPN has now picked up that game. So I guess that might be the most significant game, um, of the most meaningful game of the early games, because now everybody is either playing at 1 o'clock or 3.30, so people don't look at the scoreboard and go, oh, such and such loss. So now we don't have to play uh, our starters or whatever. People won't, won't be – won't have any any competitive advantage because it used to be in the old days, like five years ago, shoot, some teams was playing at one, some teams were playing at 7.30. Now they line them up all at one time for the Eastern games and one time for the West Coast games. So, you know, obviously ESPN somehow thinks this Atlanta-Boston game is important because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have it nationally. So I do think this helps will try to win the game. But to me, I just want to see some good stretches from some of the bench guys. I want to actually continue the conversation we had about the playoffs. And Gary, you broke down in the Boston Globe that they're going to either face the Hawks, Heat, or the Raptors. And of course, those last two games are two of those teams. The Heat, we know what they, the Celtics at least should expect from them. But what team would you two take if ideally they could pick which opponent they'd have in the first round? You go ahead, Gary. I would pick the Raptors because I just think the Raptors are kind of a mess. Mm. Um, I just, I was, I thought they would smack the Celtics without Tatum. I just, and they, they couldn't hit shots. I mean, they were just not a good offensive six for 33 from the three point line. Fred Van Vliet was one for 12 from the three point line. Gary Trent Jr. did not score. Um, they are messed up right now. I, and, and I know they played well of late, but they just they got so much talent and you're like trying to figure it out. I just don't think they can get it together. Um, my second choice would be Atlanta, because I think the Atlanta would play defense. They're still trying to get into uh Quinn Snyder's system, still figure things out there. They've been an underachievement. The least team I would want to see is Miami. Miami, um, you know, like they got they they're dysfunctional, but they got talent. And what you don't want if you're the Celtics is you don't want a team to take a chunk out of you for that first-round series. You don't want to go six or seven. You want a gentleman's sweep. You want to be able to just give yourself a break because you got to prepare for the big dog, Joel Embiid, likely, in that second-round series. So Miami is going to take a chunk of blood. They're going to take some blood from them. They're going to get some blood. Like, you know, and it might be six games, but I just don't – I just look – Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, you know, guys, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo. Like, I don't want to see the Heat if I'm the Celtics. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose the series, but that's just a team where you're like, oh, is this going to be the time that they really get it? And then you got Eric Spolster as a coach. They're not afraid of the Celtics, right? They, they're not tripping. They feel like they can win, beat the Celtics in seven-game series, win, take the – take one of the first two in Boston and all of a sudden, you know, so if you're the Celtics, that's, and I think that's the team they're most likely going to see, but who knows who's going to win that play in game between Miami, likely Miami and Atlanta. Um, but that's a team I would at least want to see because of their potential. They've underachieved all year. 
But you look at their roster, they're talented. They just can't score like they used to. But but I don't want to – any team with Jimmy Butler, like, man, I don't <laughs> – that dude's a dog. I mean, he's the <laughs> definition of a dog. And I don't want to see, if I'm the Celtics, Jimmy Butler for six, seven games. No, you, you, don't, you don't want that smoke. Uh, you do want a team that, on paper, um, you match up well against. And a team that, frankly – isn't as talented as you. And that's why, to me, Atlanta is, is the logical team that you want to face. Toronto has been an underachieving team. Totally get that. But they're talented. They have guys who can play. And on any given night or two nights or three, hell, even four, they can cause major problems. Atlanta at their peak, uh, I just don't think the Celtics will have any trouble with them. Because even if the Celtics don't play their best, I still think they're pretty good. It's better than Atlanta's really good. And, and that for a first-round matchup, that's the perfect storm for you. Uh, you want to be able to get through that and keep it moving as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, you don't want to mess around and, and, and just have them linger and, and force you to go six, maybe seven games. Uh, you want to be in and out like an episode of what's happening. You just want to be in and out, in and out. You see that? You see that? I see you. <laughs> Gary, they don't, they don't know about Roger Rerun. They don't, sure, they don't, they don't know, know about that. They don't know. That's my all-time favorite show. Well, one of, that and the White Shadow, but yeah, like, yeah. They don't know about Roger Rerun and Dwayne. They don't know. Dwayne, about, no, they don't know about they don't, That's the original big three. They don't know about them. They don't know about them. No. It's true. They don't. Yeah, Kwani. Yeah, Kwani is like, Kwani don't know about Rerun. <laughs> <laughs> she, don't know, she don't know about the legend of Rerun. I don't. Tell me. Uh, Quan, <laughs> you gotta like do you it's a Saturday right. show about three kids three kids in, in the hood. and they pulled this kid who was actually a professional dancer named Fred Berry who plays rerun they call him rerun because he repeated high school senior high school three times <laughs> dang so he always reruns what he did, did he always reruns in the fall we did in the spring so dang. it's just a pretty it's a it's a great show it's a it's a it's a hilarious 70 sitcom that doesn't get enough respect. So I had to represent today. Hey, Dwayne Man, Raj, Dwayne, Shirley. Shirley was the original, just woman you didn't, sister you didn't mess with. Uh, so yeah, what's right. happening in the house? I got no show to go watch. So, so yeah, it might be on Hulu. I, yeah, I got to find it somewhere. Yeah, you got to find it. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, YouTube will have it, you know, but you YouTube. might know. Just catch some episodes. You will you will laugh. And then, of course, uh, D the little D the little sister, who was just a uh, you know hysterical, hysterical. She's all about her money. She's about making her chips. So <laughs> that's what's happening. Anyway, appreciate it. Yeah. So, Kwani, who would you who who would what's your thoughts on who the first round opponent would you want to be? I agree with both of you. I think Atlanta is probably the best bet because they're still figuring out. Who they are, and selfishly, my friend Lauren Williams, who's in Atlanta covering the Hawks for the Atlanta General Constitution. Shout out to her. I'm gonna see her this weekend, but that'd be fun to have that series be here. So there's personal reasons, but also I think for the Celtics, that would be again, you never want to underestimate any team when it comes to the playoffs. But when you talk about experience and them having a rocky season at the beginning, this would be the team where having a good dominant season last year, that should hopefully translate for the Celtics to hopefully be as successful as they were last year. 
I'm with y'all. Finally, though, I do want to talk about some big news that happened here in Boston this week. <laughs> I love the face look of confusion. That's a good tease. No, Jason Tatum, his Jordan Tatum ones dropped at the concept store on Newberry Street. And while y'all were in Philly working hard covering the game, I was at a launch party for it. How much are they? Downtown. I, I actually, I didn't even look at the price because I didn't buy any. I'll look them up as you guys talk about. Did you see them? Oh, 120. That was perfect right oh, not there. Bad. That's not bad. It's not bad, not actually, bad. for a retail shoe. Oh, not bad. You know how the, the sneakerhead be 500 online. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Did y'all, y'all saw the first model of the shoe at this point? I think everyone has seen them. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember looking at it. Thoughts? It's different. It's different. It is. I, I don't like when I see it, it doesn't like make me like want to puke or anything like that, but I'm not like, <laughs> like ooh, ooh. Also, ooh. I would have seen in line for it. It's a good, it's a good looking shoe. It's not, a, I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it great, but it's a good looking shoe. Yeah. I would say the execution from that, obviously, it's marketing. They do what they have to do. I thought it was very clever how there was a lot of little, so to speak, like eggs dropped throughout the store of, they had the newspaper where there's an article written about it's the old school, like newspaper. They had the stand and you open up, grab a little paper, read about Jason Tatum. There was a photo booth that said like only up. And it was the quote on it was like, did you ever doubt yourself? So to speak. So there are a lot of like odes to who Tatum is. And obviously that was part of the marketing of showing who he is through this shoe. And obviously he had creative control as well. So Congratulations to Tatum for dropping his first signature shoe with Jordan. Cool stuff. Celtics stay busy on and off the court. The thing about running your own business is every single hire counts and no hiring partner understands that like Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like the Indeed Instant Match tool, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates, you invite. That's something that we like on our podcast, the Instant Match tool. When you candidates that you invite, you apply through Instant Match, they're actually three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a job, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed does all the hard work for you. Sponsor a job, and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately after you post. With Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Just visit Indeed.com slash A-list to start hiring now. Once again, Indeed.com slash A-list. Indeed.com slash A-list terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire, you need indeed. So we're going to talk about Angel Reese? Uh, yeah, I want to because I'm, I'm here for it. And get more back. What did you say? The Bayou Barbie. 
You want to talk about the Bayou Barbie? Yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. The, the topic. I am point. too, but hey. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think, uh, I do think, I think it's great for women's basketball. I follow women's basketball pretty closely. I watched the, the entire tournament, not just the final four. There you go. Title nine <laughs> in the house, Bonnie. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know a lot of these players, not, not all of them. I knew Angel Reese when she was at Maryland. Like I followed her. I knew she transferred to LSU. Um, so I knew her about her last year. So it wasn't like I just, who is this? And uh, we've yeah, all heard about, Kate, yeah, we all heard about Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, and obviously we know Leah Boston and all those things, mm -hmm. you know, I just think, um, I, I wasn't really a big fan of Reese chasing her down to do that. I think in the natural flow of the game to talk trash is cool. Um, I think, but I also think, like that generation is just extra, right? Like they're just extra, you know, their fashion is extra. You look at now they're wearing, uh, and I was thinking about this, like when um, like Candace Parker and Skylar Diggins were playing and they're very attractive women. And it was like, kind of opened up a door, I think for like really attractive women to, to not play basketball, but like to show their beauty on the floor. And I think that that's what a lot of these young ladies are. Well, ladies, not oh, you women. mean the makeup, like how they the just makeup and the big makeup. eyelashes, like they're extra, and you would you would kind of classify it as extra, right? Or or just showing yourself, showing your personality. And I think Which that, basketball that, has restricted over the years. And that's the generation. But I also like. I don't think I don't have any problem with Angel Reese talking mess. I thought I, said, I thought it was a little much for her to follow Caitlin Clark. I don't any problem, but there's been like the the. The two twins that played Miami were talking mess um, during the tournament. Okay. The, the point guard at Louisville. Everyone two, talks crap. Let's the two be twins at Miami are white. The, the yeah. point guard at Louisville, she got mad games. She's what like it's not. And I and I think in in relation to our podcast and the NBA, like they look at the NBA. Like where do you think they get this from? Like they, it's like the parents. Where do you think you know? Like you bad that your son or daughter acts like you do? Like where do you think they get it from? They watch the league and i'm sure in many cases too the wnba and they watch the the trash talk and the you're too sm small and all that and they take it so we're like upset or offended when players do that now at the college level like to me i think it's been overblown yeah. i said i thought it was a little extra for her to like kind of chase down caitlin clark or whatever or for the players the, the LSU player, we didn't like how they, how she did uh, our our SEC per, you know compadre or cohort from South Carolina about let Raven Johnson was like oh let her shoot and she yeah. kind of waved her off but you know that's ball you know like we've all played pickup games or whatever oh let that dude shoot oh don't guard him like there's outright disrespect on the court you know it is what it is so. I mean, I think that I think that we're making a big deal about it, but I think I think that we're not. I, I think that for fans to think that women's basketball players don't talk mess, I think it's just sadly mistaken. This has been going on for years, and I think that this generation also too, you know, and it's it, and it's funny like Kwani now. It's like you're the OG. You're the you're the, like you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're, 
Like, they, you know, it's funny. Everybody is somebody's OG. Remember that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> you know, everybody's somebody like, wow, you old. But um, that this generation is just extra. Like, they, their social media, their, their, now there's an NIL. I mean, how much money Angel has made in the last they week? She can make more in college and in the She's league. literally selling her jerseys. Literally. We're, we're, Sharon and I were talking about. She had a million um, followers in a, about yeah, a week. She had two million on Instagram, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we're, and Sharon and I were talking about this the other day in women's basketball, where uh, Charisma Osborne, because our friend Christian Rim, who used to intern at the Globe and now New York Times, wrote a story about how Charisma Osborne's an all Pac-12, all-American player from UCLA. She was going to leave early, did one year eligibility left to go to the WNBA draft. And a WNBA coach told her coach, like, why would she come here when she can get NIL money, wow. have her a trainer, pay for a chef, all of that travel in nice, uh, you know, and st- stay in nice hotels. Why would she come to the WNBA and travel on Southwest or travel, you know, like, why would she? Personal, yeah. Yeah. Like, why would she do that when and have trouble making the roster because the WNBA rosters are not all full. So some of these first round picks are getting released. So you're giving these young, young, young women uh, the amenity, the, the opportunity to make money, to sell themselves, then their social media, then we're asking why they're extra. Like we, we kind of created this, right? Like, so I don't blame Angel Reese. Uh, I don't blame Caitlin Clark. I think it's cool that she be talking mess because she got game and I'm sure that when she's in many cases playing pickup, the only white girl on the floor, oh, she can't play. Like, and she's had to prove herself. Like, let's be honest. Like you see the, you look at her and she don't look like she can play. And you look at somebody else, you're like, oh. White okay. girl can't jump. That <laughs> girl can't play. What? You know, and she, she got, she is a great, great player, player yeah. of the year. And so I'm, I'm sure to get to that level, you've got to have a certain amount of braggadocia, right? So I think we're making a big, too big of a deal about it in terms of like um, jumping on Angel Reese or whatever. But I also think we kind of, we have kind of created this, and and the play, those players look at the NBA, and the NBA are the biggest trash talkers in all of professional sports because they don't wear helmets. You can't see trash. You know, you couldn't see Tom Brady talking trash, although he was talking trash or oh, whatever. Yeah. You'd have to see them, like, you, you couldn't hear the words. Or the, you know, you'd have to look at them and, oh, I think he's talking trash to, to that <laughs> linebacker, you know, or whatever. The NBA, we all see it. Then we wonder why young players. I remember once I was at a, a like, Marcus Smart's little camp, basketball camp in Brandeis, like, several years ago. And this little young guy, he was, might have been seven or eight years old, dribbled down the court, did a spinning layup, and then uh, walked down, ran down the court and did the James Harden blender thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I stirred you up or what? what's the reference? Yeah, like did like the, blend, did the blender. blender. Yeah, yeah. He did a coast-to-coast layup, flipped it in, and then walked, walked down the court Spin doing it. it. Like, yeah. where do you think he got that from? You know what I'm saying? Like, the league, the NBA. So, you know, I, I just, you can't be surprised that these young folks are doing that. And I think it's fine as long as it doesn't get, you know, uh, classless or over the top or, or, or whatever, like, you know, but is there, I think, the, and I think the line, I don't know what's right. The line of being a good sport has been blurred for years. 
You know what I'm saying? It's, it's been blurry complex. for it's been blurry for it used to be you don't talk trash, you just play, you congratulate your opponent for a good game. Like, you know, the, you know, now it's different. Well, here's here's my take, and I, I promise I won't be too long about this. First of all, I wrote about this for Ebony.com today. Uh it's 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 out there right now. And oh, here's good Here's, I ain't gonna here's, take too long. I'm gonna plug my story. Yeah. I got. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna take too long. If I got enough time for that. But the, the, here's the, the issue that I had with just the entire discussion and conversation about this. We're focused on the act, and we're ignoring the fact that there was a clear and undeniable double standard that went that was in play. We're ignoring the fact that there's a clear and undeniable level of misogyny going on here. Mm-hmm. We're we're actors and women can't. As if they can't talk trash. But when we see like like you know John Morant or even oh, Tatum yeah. or yeah. there's a there's a long ass laundry list of NBA players who talk trash all the time, and we pretend as if it's not that big a deal. But the minute you have women who clearly talk trash, all of a sudden, not only do we make an issue out of it, but then we divide them up and start picking sides. I mean, Angel literally did the same thing that Kayla Clark did. And the response was completely different. And to me, some you know, I, I heard some people who, who you know went with the angel was classless argument, and they said, well, you know, she did it for longer. She chased her around the court. Listen, if I take a knife and I stab you, Kwani, for like three seconds, and I take another knife and I stab Gary for twelve seconds, it, it, was was I okay to stab you for three? And and I'm classless, or I'm, I'm mean and evil for doing twelve. I still did the same thing. I should be punished. I should be criticized. Equally, because it both are heinous acts. And if you got an issue with what Angel did, why did you not have an issue with Caitlin? I mean, and, and the thing about Caitlin, they ESPN literally made a they, they put together like Queen of the Clapback. They put together a video montage of her doing this type of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, did, did I? What is the difference between her and Angel? Angel, now, now to Gary's point, Angel, did she did she go over the top? Absolutely. Was it about a bit extra? You know, it's extra. But my issue is this: if you're going, is your issue with her being extra, or is your issue with what she did, or is your issue an implicit bias that you don't want to to be out there? So you're using this as a reason to, to get whatever agenda you got out there. Because to me, if you had an issue with what Angel did, you should have had one with Caitlyn. Me personally. I love both of them. Did. I love when, when Kaylin did the Cena thing. I love that because that's a part of the game. That's something that we do in, 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 when we play basketball now. And again, the racism, the sexism, and the misogyny that is part of this whole conversation that nobody wants to touch, you can't, you can't actually look at this and not see that. I don't know how you can not see that. I don't know how you cannot see the fact that we, we have a certain comfort level with men doing the same damn thing that we're making this big ass argument and stink about with Angel and Caitlin. And it's BS. So anyway, I'm done. Now, I agree. I want to read one quote from Caitlin where she said she should never be criticized for what she did. I'm just one that competes and she competed. I'm a big fan of hers. And she basically acknowledged as women, we can talk crap when we're playing basketball as well. Yes. But I also found this old tweet from Angel Reese, and she kind of reiterated that recently. But it said, I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. I don't fit the narrative, and I'm okay with that. I'm from Baltimore, where you hoop outside and talk trash. If it was a boy, y'all would have been saying none about it. You know, none if it all. was a boy, Kwani, if, if it was a boy, he'd have a new NIL deal. In fact. He'd have a Gatorade commercial. 
Absolutely. So she said, let's normalize women showing passion for the game instead of it being embarrassing. Mind you, this tweet was January 20th, 2023. So it's been, that was been a few months ago, but clearly very insightful when you talk about women. And Jill Biden was another part of that story. She said I, that she wanted to invite Caitlin Clark to the White House. Which I leaned, I leaned on Jill a little bit in my column, too. Okay, good. Because I got, I got it was giving there. participation trophy, and we don't do that. We yeah, don't do participation trophy, for, especially we, for we women. We all appreciate Caitlin Clark. I mean, let's be yes. honest. Like Iowa was not hardly as talented as LSU or South Carolina. That was an amazing run. Yeah, and Iowa, and it and it sounds bad. Iowa team. I think that might have had one or two black players. I think mm-hmm. there's a biracial young lady, uh, woman on the on the floor. Um, you know, uh, you know, but it it, it was just so drastic so opposite opposite some girls totally. were singing high school musical in the locker room while the and other then, the you know, LSU and was don't talk about yeah. and, then, and then we give kim mulkey all this like and i and i, I think she's a great coach but you talking about extra look at your she, coach she made like, the whole look, thing about her like oh my like you know you want you look at her you want to know what the players do and you looking at the coach and being like well there's your there's your answer Mm-hmm. Him wearing sequin. I don't know what was she wore for the championship game, Kwani. Maybe you could tell what that was. The, the leopard uh, sequins, yeah. Yeah, that was some. Ooh, I mean, that was a lot. <laughs> then that's she had the geographic, pink, like wait for the final four, the pink that. chiffon. Like you know, that's your coach. That's your fifty-seven-year-old quote-unquote role model. No, I'm saying you you can't be uh, demonstrative on the floor, mm-hmm. but. That's your coach. And then you wonder why the players are extra. You're, you're blaming Angel Reese for being extra yeah. in a but, world that encourages extra, in a but, world where the extra, more extra you are, the more followers you get. I mean, there's people like people judge themselves off social media followers. There's people that we all know. Oh, I'm 25 uh, followers away from 10 grown ass people. I'm 25 followers away from 10,000. Please get me to ten thousand. Like, yeah, like, like they gonna get a bonus, like an award or something. Like they gonna get a <laughs> gift, a, a gift card. It's like I, these are grown, these are grown ass people begging for followers. So you, we're tripping off Angel Reese at twenty years old, like our third year. She she missed her most of her first year. She she just finished her second full year of college. We're blaming her because she's judging. She wants to get followers. She knows if she's quiet. And like a librarian, no one's paying attention to her. She's not getting followers. She's not getting attention. She's not getting NIL. She's not selling her jersey. Like it's it's all a, a matter of self promotion. But, but the best part is the fact that she got to be genuinely herself. That's and why it stood out because a lot of players don't do that. And right. that's why I think, I think that's who she is. I said I remember watching her last year in Maryland and being yeah. like, oh wow, that's like. She was she was a baller there. Then she just kind of bolted to LSU, and then she even became and and the key quote I saw was I went to Mar- I went to I, I transferred out uh, went to LSU because I I wanted somebody to, to accept me for me and be I could be unapologetically who I am. Yeah, I think that's interesting considering Kim Mulkey didn't really have that same philosophy for Brittany Griner um, a decade more than a decade ago. Uh, at Baylor, so I think it's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting, you know, question because you know she hasn't spoken to Brittany Griner. She didn't really support Brittany Griner when she was in detained in Russia or whatever. But we kind of forgive that. And 
But I, I just think we can't blame our young people for being extra when we encourage extra. And I think Angel should be unapologetically herself. We all have to, you know, monitor our behavior in terms of, okay, is this cool? Uh, you know, you might not want to get over the top or chase somebody down. You got the dub. You got to celebrate with your teammates. You got the dub. Now doing this is fine, but chasing them down. Really, I got my like, oh, like you know, Caitlin Clark did her best. Now Caitlin Clark maybe during the game said, told her something that we don't know, or made a remark, or you trash, or or we gonna win, or 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 we the better team. And okay, I can see her doing that. And maybe that's what happened, you know. But we can't be upset because she's a, a, unapologetic herself. And she's brash, and we encourage brash. But, Gary, I don't think that people in the black community are upset at Angel's. No. In, no. in fact, they, they respect the fact that she's unapologetically who she is. The issue, to me, comes back to the level of misogyny that exists in this conversation. And, and when I say this conversation, I'm talking about the widespread talk about Angel and Caitlin. The fact that they committed similar acts and were treated differently. The fact that both, I, I think, are extra, and yet one is glorified for being extra, Kayla, and the other one is vilified for being extra. And that's the problem. If all, if, if we had a just a consistent, and by we, I'm talking about society too, had a consistent view and approach to how these two female athletes approach the game and just say, damn, they're both extra, they're both over the top, but damn, they're really good players. If that were the consistent narrative, then we, we would have an issue. But you've got people who are who are just creating this divide in how they view these two athletes. And frankly, it's, it's, it's BS. I mean, the first lady did that. I mean, do you honestly think that if Iowa would have won that game, she would have said, well, you know, out of, the, out of sportsmanship, we should have them both at the White House. Absolutely no. not. No, Period. no. And, 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 and that and, and that is the, you know, it's it, again, those are the type of like microaggression you know, below the surface, you know, BS things that black women, to be candid, have been doing for years. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you, you can even take it off the basketball court and get into just the economics of it, where mm -hmm. black women make 64 cents on a dollar compared to white, non-Hispanic men. Uh, the, and you can just go on and on and on and on with the data. And it, bottom line is this. They aren't looking for preferential treatment. They just want to be treated the same. They want to be criticized the same. They want to be glorified the same. They want to be vilified the same. But we, for whatever reason, our society have trouble doing that. And that, to me, is, is the issue. That, to me, is the problem. The fact that she did one of these joints and, and chased Caitlin around, to me, that, that's just a microcosm of a much larger issue that's at, at play here. I'm surprised John Cena didn't say anything about any of this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He said something initially, and then he just said, I'm staying out of this. And then he said, I'm about my business. He's like, you don't see me. <laughs> and I don't said, see y'all. I don't see y'all. Exactly. Amen. Um, that note, I think it's time for us to wrap up this episode of A-List Podcast. I think by the, by the time we reconvene, the regular season would have been over. So that would be fun. We'll be previewing the playoffs. And, of course, we'll be here all throughout that, all the way till June and beyond. For HR Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Quanny Lunis. This is the A-List Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to manage your loads. <laughs> Keep it in.